Inflation is running hot across the globe. Here in the United States, we got CPI coming in at 8.5% year over year. We got producer prices that happened this week, and we have central banks meeting all week long. We have the European Central Bank meeting tomorrow morning. What are these central banks going to do about this ravaging inflation? We're going to talk about that and more on the trade-off. Hey traders, this is Blake Morrow and I'm with Forex Analytics and I'm sure I'm not the face you were expecting to see right off the bat. And guess what? We do have Chris Weston with us today, but before I bring him into the show, I am going to be your host for today's for today's show and I want to say make sure you give us a thumbs up, hit the like button, subscribe to these to to our channel if you like these videos and um, remember, do your own research and uh, have fun in light of this very strange episode for you. I'm going to introduce Chris Weston. He's he's calling. He's coming in from Oli. Chris, look at you. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't, I'm not in the flesh today, but uh, I'm on I'm on succumbent at the moment. So uh, yeah, just hit the uh, the deepest, darkest parts of Australia um, in the, in the ranch. Well, uh, yeah, with dust well you're looking great out that, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Just uh, came out to, uh, to I say help. I'm not sure if help's the right word with the family muster, but uh, um, yeah, strange times, man. We're we're mixing it with the dingoes and the cows, and uh, yeah, it's uh, life's uh, life's good out in the outback here. Well, Chris, we're we're excited to have you here, and I'm glad that we could actually just call in, have you here with us today, because we got a lot to talk about in today's episode. I mean, there is so much happening around the globe. How close are you paying attention to the markets and what's happening right now? Yeah, you can't keep your eye on it. You, you, you want to have a bit of time away from markets to rest the soul, rest the mind, don't you, Blake, at the end of the day? But uh, yeah, when these things are moving around and you've got uh, a mild infatuation and addiction to financial markets, then, you know, you can't stay away for too long. And, uh, you know, I think that, that we are really at a, an inflection point um, in everything that's going on, inflation, in, in, in broad markets, in the dollar, in rates. And, you know, I think you, you can't take your eyes away from it because it's just changing every day. So let's get to it, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you're keeping your eyes on it even when you're away from the desk, away from the office. So let's get right into it today. So, Chris, you know, I'm such a gentleman. I'm going to hand it off to you and allow you to be first. And we're going to talk about <laughs> your first topic today. Yeah, mate. Look, uh, thanks for that. You are a gentleman and I appreciate that, Blake. You are you are a consummate professional. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, the talking point at the moment, the argument that I'm, I'm fielding, uh, the debate is probably a more polite way, is inflation. Inflation, 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 inflation. You know, the central banks are worried. They're definitely worried. They're panicking in some capacity. They're trying to load it up as, you know, load the boat up as quickly as they can. I mean, you rightly pointed out you've got yeah, headline inflation eight and a half percent. You've got core inflation at six and a half percent. You've got PPI inflation at eleven point two. We've got an ECB meeting coming in the session ahead, and and you know you've got seven and a half percent inflation there. Spain's at eleven eleven percent or so. You know, for me, there there are parts if you go into core inflation that suggest um, it has peaked, um, but we're not going to see a collapse in my mind. You know, you're not going to see um, with supply chains easing. You know, you're not going to see the sort of supply chains easing that would see a collapse coming through. So, for me, I don't think we. I think we're seeing signs that that that, that we are going to see that year-on-year -year change um, peak out a little bit and drift a little bit lower. But I don't see a collapse, and and I think that's the debate. Do you do you think we're at peak inflation now, or do you think there's still more upside here in the inflation rate? 
Well, I'm almost thinking that I have to take a cue from from Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan both this week because they are both calling for peak inflationary pressures. You know, uh, also you look at the RBNZ and 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 what and how they reacted yesterday. You know, they they they're front loading the rate hikes here, and uh, that's not exactly what the market was expecting. We saw the price action reflect that in the Kiwi overnight. But yeah, you know, I, I would, I'm, I'm going to hope. How about this, Chris? As a consumer, understanding where we're at globally and understanding that, you know, the, the economy might slow down around the globe. I'm hoping, and I got my fingers crossed, that in these inflationary pressures are peaking. And, uh, you know, there are people out there, believe it or not, that think this is going to completely reverse. And we're going to start to see deflationary pressures following this huge you know inflationary run that we've seen what are your thoughts on that yeah i actually sit in the camp that that we're going to see um inflation peter down but i i do not see it sit in the camp that we're going to see an absolute collapse i think we'll probably see getting towards the end of the year getting towards sort of four or five percent because mainly because of base effects but you know we've been wrong so many times so i do sit in the camp that we're going to see peak inflation. And we'll follow the bond market every day of the week here. You know, look at front-end yields at the moment. They are starting to come down a little bit. It's giving a bit of relief to, to financial markets. It's giving a bit of a relief coming through um, you know, to gold. And I think it's giving some sort of new life to gold. Uh, so I think we're, we're at a turning point. Um, you know, it's a bold call to say that we're at peak inflation at the moment. It's, it's, it's a very, very bold call indeed, because so many people have been wrong in this. But I think we're coming to a point now where base effects are going to massively kick in. And remember, prices don't fall. Prices never really fall. It's just that the pace by which you're measuring it against the year before um, starts to plateau. And I think that's when you start seeing uh, inflation coming down. So I think it would be really, really positive for risk assets. I think it would really be good for equities that we were going to see lower inflation reading. Um, but given what we've just been seeing from the PPI numbers, we're not going to see a collapse anytime soon. So, yeah, this is the this is the point of conversation at, at barbecue debates. Um, you know, people are talking about high inflation and these various factors. So, look, I think, uh, you know, I do think we're, we're close towards peak inflation. The Fed, I mean, basically are going to absolutely nail a 50 basis point raise rate hike uh, when we come through um, at, at the next central bank meeting on the 4th of May. Um, a 50 basis point is nailed on. Um, the ECB meeting will need to be hawkish in, in their capacity there, given what we're seeing there. So I think yep. every central bank is worried about what's going on inflation here. Yeah, and I, I think you're exactly right, Chris. And and it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I wonder how much, you know, destruction we're seeing in demand at this point. I mean, it's it is now starting to affect the consumer. And we might see that reflected in tomorrow's um, you know, retail sales number here in the U.S. Let me let me, let me let me jump in. Well, let me jump yep. in one more sec. The question, the the second question we need to ask before we go into into your point here is is do the Fed? You talk about demand. I just want to jump in. I think it's a really important point. Do the Fed need to create a recession to lower demand to come in with the lower supply we're seeing? That's the second point. Is is you know how much are we at peak inflation? Will the Fed need to create a mild recession? To, to actually curb that inflationary aspect, I think there's a really good chance that they're going to have to engineer a, a recession on the back of that. Well, you know, and, and there's, there's, another, there's another piece to this whole puzzle. And you talk about like, we, we talk about the dollar, which we're going to talk about here in two more topics because you're going to bring it up. And, and I think that's going to tie right back into inflation. So I'm going to just hold off really quick. Let's jump over to the ECB into our next yep. topic. And tomorrow morning, 
we have the European Central Bank, they're meeting. Now, no one's expecting Chris to, for, for, for the ECB to move on rates, but are they going to come out as hawkish? I know I talked a lot about the ECB last week, but it's worth talking about again, because if you just watch price and, and, and a lot of times the market really, you know, especially price action, you see the market really starts to understand what central banks are thinking, especially in, you know, just ahead of these, these, uh, these meetings, the Euro is holding 108. It bounced off 108 aggressively today. You know, was it following the PPI numbers? Was it more of a position adjustment? I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I will tell you that the Euro has a lot of, it has a tailwind. And if we see, you know, the central bank, we see them become a little bit more hawkish, which I know it's hard to imagine, that could give that extra tailwind for the euro to recover a little bit, especially in the face of uh, you know the, the the pressures we see because of what's happened in Ukraine because of Russia. So, what are your thoughts yeah. going into tomorrow, and what's the path forward for the European Central Bank? I mean, are they going to become more hawkish? Remember, words yeah. are important for central banks, especially while they have credibility. And right now, the European Central Bank. People are going to be listening to every word coming out of Christine Lagarde's mouth. So, what do you think here? Yep. No, I think I think that they have to be hawkish. I think they absolutely have to. I mean, there's there's parts of the Euro economy, the eurozone economy, which is say, do you know what? They they're in a really rock and a hard between a rock and a hard place. You know, they've got very high inflation. We've got inflation running at seven and a half percent, all time highs. Core at three three percent. Uh, an all-time high there. You look at forward rate inflation, five-year, five-year inflation swaps at 235. They're not a million miles away from US inflation rates, expected inflation. The break-even rate's at 5.6%. So, you know, in Germany, so two-year there. So I think, you know, you have to be looking at at a central bank that needs to open the door. You know, you've got to look at rates pricing as well, Blake. And, and, you know, if you look at... um, what we're looking at now, they won't raise rates this meeting. There's no chance of that happening at all. But, you know, you've got 15 basis points of hikes that are priced in for the July meeting. Will the statement open up the door for a rate hike in July? That needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, then the euro is going to sell off, in my opinion. So the market is absolutely primed to say that we've got an inflation problem in Europe. We know that there's an inflation problem everywhere. But, yeah, household saving rates are very, very high in Europe. Yeah, the unemployment rate's ticking below 7%. That's a good situation. The market says that we're going to, fit, we're going to see an end to asset purchases in probably in, in, in July, and that's going to open up the door for a rate hike at some stage very soon. The question is, will that rhetoric marry up with the 15 basis points of hikes as price for the 21st of July? I think it does. And therefore, I think you've probably seen a short-term low in the euro-dollar situation there. I think, you know, if you go and have a look at the daily chart of euro-dollar, it's held that line beautifully. I think the ECB has to be hawkish at this meeting, but does it does it meet up to the idea of, of, of the 15 basis points of hikes that are priced in for July? That's where you're going to see the movement in July in the, in the euro and, and, you know, the boom markets, I think, is going to be the situation there. That's that's exactly what we're going to be looking for. But let's uh, let's let's take it over to the dollar. This is your next topic, yeah. Chris. So go yeah, ahead. Take I, I it love away. the dollar, man. I think. Yeah, I mean, this is a big situation. We, we talked about the dollar last week, didn't we? I mean, I mean, everyone yeah. talks about the dollar all the time, but you know, we'd seen that dollar index really breaking out, and 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 was it going to accelerate uh, accelerate away? And it did do. It got a through, got the through the hundred level. It got to sort of a hundred hundred spot four four zero. You know, if you look at the session we've just seen, we've seen front end U.S. Treasury yields coming you know nicely lower. So some rate expectations have come out the market in terms of the terminal rate for, for Fed policy, and the dollar has declined in line with what we've been seeing. Now, it couldn't quite 
um, make an engulfing uh, pattern. We we did see it sort of trade through uh, the previous day's close, but we couldn't trade. We didn't trade through the previous day's low, so we didn't quite see the bearish outside day reversal of that trend high, which a lot of dollar bulls would have looked to take profits from in that situation going forward. Um, so look, we're not out of the woods any, by any means at all. But I think the dollar is key now. Um, if we were going to see another leg lower in, in risk assets, it's going to be because. Um, the dollar continues to accelerate against uh, you know, most major currencies and some EM currencies as well. So the question is, is where to for the dollar? I, I think short term, you move to a, from, a, from a bullish stance to a more neutral stance uh, and really watching what happens in front end treasury yields, where I think there's a really good chance that we probably move sideways from here. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, I was looking at the dollar as a very, very big rejection at the 161% extension FIB level. We'll talk about that and talk about the technicals coming up a little bit later this session. But one thing, going back to the inflation topic, we're going to have to watch the acceleration and how it, I, I well, let me, let me just stop there and say, I do think the dollar is going to come down near term. I agree with you. I think we're going to stabilize. We're going to get to more of a neutral footing, whether that's, you know, the 96, 97 level in the dollar index, maybe 98, somewhere in that neighborhood, not, not anything too terribly far from where we're at. But, you know, if the dollar really starts to, to, uh, to, to, to lose value at a quick rate because it rejected this 100 level so hard, that's one of the things that is going to, you know, uh, uh, really kind of put Put some fire into that those inflation data that, that we're seeing. One of the one of the things that the the U.S. has as a consumer is we continue to have a relatively strong dollar. The producers still have yeah. that stronger dollar. If the dollar starts to suffer a little bit, how big of a decline before it starts stoking inflation fears here in the U.S. once uh, again? So, I think I think I think if you if you were to get um, a move through ninety nine thirty eight that kind of level, I think that would be a big move. Um, and that will accelerate yeah, people to take profits on some of those dollar longs. But look at the US right now. It's still got the highest inflation rate. You've still got um, a central bank that is prepared to take the, um, the Fed funds rate well above the neutral rate um, and tolerate that and still believe that the US economy is going to do well in that environment. If you have a look at what the Kiwis did yesterday in, in uh, you know, the RBNZ meeting, they've said that they're going to take their the cash rate probably to the neutral rate, and that's where they're going to have flexibility. And the market saw that as a very bearish turn. The US are not going to do that. They're going to take it through um, the neutral rate, the, 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 the rate which is you know, the equilibrium for, you know, for future employment trends and various factors. And then they're going to, you know, they're, then they think it's going to be fairly happy. So that's, that's still a very positive environment for, for dollar appreciation. Um, but the market's telling you something about here. Um, that perhaps we've had a rather bit of a short-term run, and maybe we're going to chop around. So it's an interesting one. I still there's a lot of attractions around the dollar, um, but I think personally, I think you know tactically, um, I think euro's got a bit of upside, and that's going to see the euro the, the dollar weaken off a bit. Well, tactically, you're 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 talking you're talking really near term and 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 counter trend yeah. possible moves. And let's let's go to treasuries because you know I, I guess the question is, you, and you touched on it a little bit there, Chris. Uh, yields peaked, um, you know, technically, I, I say this technically, you look at like the 10-year uh, yields, and I, I know I don't have a chart up for you right now, but we, we, we've fallen to, a, to like an 88% retracement on a multi-month, well, actually multi-year uh, trading range. We've gotten down to the 88% retracement. I don't know if we're going to pierce new trend lows and make, you know, lows we'll start seeing that we haven't seen since, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. However, 
you know, we, we are coming down at what we call a descending, uh, or excuse me, a, a descending wedge, which is actually a reversal pattern for bonds. You know, and there might be some value shoppers out there where you can get that tactical bounce in, in, in bonds. Yields come off a little bit. And this, this is one of those things that was going to go hand in hand with the dollar. If you start to see that dollar index, you pulled up, you said 99.38. I was actually looking at 99.40 on the dollar index. I mean, that's the same level yeah. I'm looking at. And if we start yeah. to see the dollar slip through those levels, it might be uh, might be more euro, could be yields, could be a little bit of both. What do you think about yields where they're at right now? Yeah, I, I think we've actually seen um, levels now, which a, bit, a lot of the big pension funds will be looking at buying duration. Um, so they'll be buying you know, sort of long end of the curve. Um, I, I think absolutely we've we've got to levels now where a lot of funds have, have made some very, very good money shorting bonds um, and they're max short. I think they're going to be still taking, looking to take profits now. There's so much being priced in into all parts of the curve, you know, that, that, that just makes being short now very, un, very unattractive. Um, yeah. Central banks are pretty pleased with what we've been seeing. Listen, Brainard's comments the other day, she was welcoming the moderation that she'd been seeing in core inflation. She's basically telling us that they think that they're getting ahead of the curve now and that demand's going to be crimped. So I, I think, um, yeah, it's a brave call, you know, looking to go long bonds here because it's just you're fighting an uptrend and it's not really how I want to work. I like to actually go with the flow in price and, you know, in this case, going with the flow in yield. So it would suggest continuing to stay short. Um, but I think for me, I think, yeah, you'd be looking at, I think that, you know, look at tech, look at the queues. Um, look at the TLT, obviously, but you know, look at the way tech trades in the next couple of weeks. You know, if we are going to see um, nominal treasury yields going lower, if people believe that they're going to go lower, then tech's going to really start outperforming, especially yeah. if we go into late, into late, into late April when we're going to start seeing all the big names reporting as well. So, got to keep your eyes on tech. They'll, they'll be telling you what they think about. You know, nominal treasuries. But of course, we've still got to understand what happens with, with real rates as well. You know, you know we, we talk about this week in, week out. For me, you know, what, what happens with, with real rates in the US? We're, not, we're about 20 basis points from going positive. Uh, if we get positive real rates, that's you know, bond, bond yields adjusted for inflation expectations. I think that would be a major, major headwind for equity appreciation going forward and probably cause another leg lower. Uh, at the moment, yeah, I, think, um, I think we're probably done now. I think the uh, the upside in terms of shorting bonds is done. I think we're going to chop around, and I think we're probably going to see a few funds looking to to selectively look at um, you know government bonds in a much more positive fashion from here. If if I had to put my money on it, I have a feeling that in about two or three weeks from right now, you and I are going to have this discussion about how bonds look like they're about ready to resume their downtrend. But I'll tell you what, Chris, <laughs> we're going to jump into the technicals. I, I'm 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 sure it's great for everybody to see this cardboard cutout of you doing the modern day crocodile done. <laughs> Do you look, but we're going to go ahead and take a look at charts. We're going to minimize that that, that picture of you, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> All right, and being a great host, Chris, I'm going to pass it off to you for your first chart, your first uh, setup that you got here today. What do you got? Yeah, looking at the gold market at the moment, uh, Blake, um, you can see that uh, yeah we've we've broken out quite nicely. Yeah, gold's up six days in a row. Whether we can push up for a seventh day is obviously yet to be seen. Um, but yeah, you know, if you look at the if you look at the options market, we can see that risk reversal, so the skew of call volatility relative to put volatility, has swung into a much more positive fashion. It certainly there's no, there's no over enthusiasm. But what you can see here is that we've been trading sideways really since you know, mid March or early March. We've been trading in a tight range 
uh, after you know, a nice pullback from you know those highs of 2077 or so. Um, and we've just been trading sideways. We've broken out of that consolidation pattern. And if there's maybe a reflection that people are starting to say that, that, that we've seen a peak in yields, maybe we've seen a peak in inflation, which will drive yields lower and make gold relatively more attractive. Maybe people are saying that you know, the dollar is probably going to find a few sellers in the short term there as well. So we've broken out of this trading range. The question now is, is this going to kick on? Um, is this ready to, to make a move higher? You know, crude's moving, making looking pretty good. Nat gas is looking good. Some of the other commodities are looking pretty good. Corn looks an absolute ripper at the moment. Um, but the question is, is, is this gold market, which is up six days in a row now, which is holding these short-term moving average, which we can see the Bollinger Band starting to widen now, is closed through that 38.2% retracement of that downtrend now. Does this kick back up into 2000? I believe it probably will do. Uh, we're up six days in a row, so maybe, maybe this is due for a little bit of a decline for like you know, 10 to 15 bucks. Um, and maybe we retest that breakout area. But, you know, this is one that, that, that is looking really good at the moment. What do you think? You know, I, I, I'll tell you, gold 2005. So 2005, I believe, is right where the 618 retracement is. So can we tag 2000? Yeah, I think we can. Can we get beyond that? Man, I'll tell you what, if that dollar does pull back, it is going to have a tailwind moving higher. And uh, gold is moving out of a base. So I have to say it looks good. You know, usually green candles produce more green candles. So, uh, so I like gold. Hey, let's take it over Blake, to the, 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 the one, the one, which if I jump in there, Blake, just the one that everyone's been banging on about is, is gold in yen terms because yen's been sold off. Gold in yen terms, go and pull up a chart of that. We won't talk about it too much now because we're out of time, but gold in yen terms has been an absolute flyer. So it just reinforces the idea if you want to go long gold, go long gold in the weakest currency. And uh, you know you'll you'll get double bang for your buck. So yeah, maybe maybe we see some sellers of gold if the U.S. dollar in the short term. In which case, gold you know long of gold in, in U.S. dollar terms, XAU USD could be a good place to be there. We call that a pro tip, folks. That is a pro tip. Give Chris a <laughs> thumbs up just for that alone. All right, uh, let's go take a look at the pound Aussie. This is where I started singing that song. You know, head and shoulders, knees and toes. Yeah, we got an inverted head and shoulder pattern in the pound Aussie. You know, the one thing I love about this, Chris. We are past, you know, the RBA. We are seeing some of the commodity currencies are starting to weaken. You saw that movement in the the, uh, the, uh, the the Kiwi overnight last night. You know, the one thing that does worry me is that Aussie New Zealand is breaking out. But that on the flip side of that is technically the pound Aussie, it came back and we are testing 176. At the time that we are filming right now, we were kind of piercing that neckline. And if, if this thing gets going, we can actually test up to 180, 180, 50 on an extension and a completion of this inverted head and shoulder pattern. One of the other things I need to note about the pound Aussie, we did a false breakdown below all the lows from way back in 2020 and September 2020, the very lows of June, was it June or January? January of 2021, we broke those lows, stopped everybody out, came back, reversed. I love it when the market gets caught wrong-footed. Then we get a technical reversal. Head and shoulder patterns are reversal patterns. Inverted head and shoulder patterns are reversal patterns from bearish trends. That's exactly what yep. we've had for the last several months. Now we've got this reversal. I like it, at least for a near-term recovery. You could say it's a tactical move, Chris. What do you think about the pound yeah. Aussie here? Mate, I'm, 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 I like this as well. Mate, I think this looks really, really good now. I, 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 think, I think you've got yesterday's candle. We've got a, a slightly higher low. 
Um, we powered on through. We closed well above the highs. We closed through the 20-day moving average. Um, we're building on it now. I think this kicks on. We're holding the, you know, all these short-term EMAs, the, the three seven-day EMA. I reckon this kicks on. I'll be looking to go long this in, in, in small size, looking to add. I think this has got 178 written all over it. That's the, uh, the upper Bollinger Band. I think it'll probably consolidate around there where we'll chop around and maybe those bands will start widening up as we go into 180. But I, I think this looks... I think this looks really good. I think it's a beautiful setup on the daily. I know we we tend to trade off tight, lower time frames in this, but the the oversight that we're getting from this chart right here right now, like I think this has got 178 written all over it, this this chart. And I, do you know what I love about the Aussie dollar? You look at it relative to terms of trade. I know you can talk about rate settings. It's expensive. Everywhere's expensive. But relative to terms of trade, the Aussie dollar is cheap as chips. Uh, and I think, um, you know, the central bank just needs to open the door. So I like this trade. I think it's a great trade. I think you like it. I'd, I'd like it for long for, for 178 there at, at the minimum. I want to go into the next one, um, Blake, because yep. I want to get your thoughts on this one as well, because another thing that's been really super hot, not, not just natural gas. I mean, natural gas has been the flavor du jour, which is French. Um, uh, but also what's been going on in the crude market as well. If you have a look at the, you know, the, the spot crude price there, you can see we, we held those lows um, from the 15th of March, you know, around sort of 93 or 94 buck mark. Uh, yeah. we, 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 yeah. we, we created a, a higher low. We pushed through the previous day's high. We've broken through that downtrend now. We just hit it, just sort of holding into that 20-day moving average, uh, which is going sideways now. So maybe we get some mean reversion and maybe it kicks lower. But I think if it breaks that 20-day moving average, I think this has got 110 written all over it maybe 115. So I think we just need a break through yesterday's highs through those 20-day moving average. And I think we've got 110, maybe 115 written over this one. What do you think? I, I like crude oil. And, you know, uh, I, I know we just had Shy Girl Tracy here, Tracy shoe, shoe Chart, and she was just here. And she was actually looking to buy crude at 93. 93 held. I was hoping for a little dip back down towards 89 before I was going to be a buyer, but I'm not the best crude trader. Admittedly, I'm not the best crude trader out there. I usually let other people do the, the dirty work in crude, if you will. But <laughs> the 93 level held that 93 and a quarter, and we rallied. And so when I when I looked yesterday, I'm like, oh man, it's gonna it's gonna hit 100, then it's gonna break 100. I'm gonna wait for a pullback, and then I got up today, and here we are rallying towards 105. I mean, this thing looks like it's got 108. Then after 108, yeah, 115, 116 is probably the level of resistance I'd be looking for. But I think there's some upside momentum here in crude. And as equity markets rally, we see risk assets rally. Crude's just going to rally next to it. Inflationary pressures are still hot. Gold's rallying. Wheat's rallying. Copper's, cotton's rallying. Every other, every other commodity out there. Natural gas, for crying out loud. I mean, crude. Yeah, looks- go and have a look at go and have a look at the date. The one that's really yeah. hot if you want to get a momentum trade there, Blake. Go and have a look at orange juice or OJ. Oh yeah, the OJ. Um, <laughs> I was going to pull up a chart of OJ and just chart. get some gloves. That is absolutely flying at the moment there. Right? So uh, yeah, shorts have been uh, smashed to a pulp, as they say. <laughs> they have. They have <laughs> smashed to a pulp. I love it. I'm going to whip out my gloves and we're going to talk about OJ. No, we're going to talk about Bitcoin, and I'm going to take you over to the Bitcoin chart. First of all, Chris, I need to say you crushed it last week. Shorten Bitcoin. You know, you you might remember this chart that I pulled up from. I was like this, uh, you know, Gartley pattern from a couple of weeks back. I looked to be on the short side. Then Chris parlayed that. He went short, and now we held support at the six one eight retracement for the last two sessions. And then today, of all days, this morning, Larry Fink from BlackRock says, headline is studying digital assets, including crypto assets. And then if you go to the Forbes article, he talked about how he's you know exploring different investments into cryptos and, and all sorts of digital assets. And just remember a few years ago, 
he called it money laundering, you know, cryptos. So Bitcoin just took off out of like out of the gate as soon as that headline came out. And now it looks like a nice recovery trade. I think we can make it all the way back up to the 200 day moving average. Chris, what do you think about Bitcoin here? Yeah, I mean, we wanted we, we thought we were going to get down to uh, 40, 42, didn't we? We got down to we did, well, 39, yeah. um, 39, 300. <clears throat> so we didn't get down to thirty eight hundred, which we're thirty eight thousand, which we're looking, which we're hoping for as a as a maximum target. But yeah, it's, it's ripped higher, and I think that's probably. So is that to do with Larry Fink, or is it just because you know we've seen risk assets you know going bid? Uh, and maybe the, you know some 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 heat coming out of the bond market in terms of going into the bond market yields coming a little bit lower. I think it's probably the former. I think you're just seeing a reaction that that, that people are seeing, you know, that um, lower yields or peak yields perhaps, um, and and the dollars coming off a little bit in the short term there as well. And equity markets are feasting on that. So I, I think it's just con- it just continues to be a high beta risk asset as opposed to anything any kind of adoption story that that BlackRock are making noises about getting in for. So I think we need to get through. I mean, around sort of that forty one. Thousand um, six hundred eighty-five level is, is is the seven-day exponential moving average that I'm looking for there. Um, you know, this market has been a sell-on rallies candidate, and I think it continues to be a sell-on rallies candidate. So I think we need to get through, you know, that that kind of level, the, the forty-one uh, seven hundred level to, to forty-two thousand level to to really think we're out of the woods. Otherwise, I'd be looking to sell rallies into this state situation at the moment. So, yeah, I, I don't think we're out of the woods at, all, at the moment. I, this needs still some some work to do, Blake. Um, you know, like the equity market, I, I think. Um, the, the rallies are probably to be sold in this market at, as it's stage. What do you think? All right. Well, let's see if we can make it up to the 200-day moving average, and maybe we can sell it up there. So now let's go into our play of the day. All right, Chris, what do you got for us first? Yeah, mate, this is a little bit like your um, your, your sterling trade, but uh, Euro-Kiwi what I like about the the euro uh, in, in this situation now, this does need a bit of work. But what I've got here is is one that's on the radar. I'm looking to to execute this one. Um, we've got the the engulfing pattern that's come through in the previous day's candle. This now needs to break that horizontal resistance level, which you can see that the orange level around 160 uh, 16010. If we can get a push through that level, I think what you're going to see is those those Bollinger bands are going to start widening up there. Now the Kiwis, the central bank there, they were dovish relative to market expectations that they raised. 50 basis points, and that was going above and beyond. But they've given themselves optionality. When they get to that neutral rate, yeah, the market is not is positioned too aggressive relative to, to what they've just said yesterday. So that's taken some heat out of the Kiwi dollar. If the if the euro, the ECB step up tonight and, and, and open the door to rate hikes in, in July and from that period, I think euros goes higher here. And, and I think you've got a situation when it does break <clears throat> and it's conditional and it closing above that, that orange horizontal line, I think this starts to trend up to 162, perhaps 163. So this is on the watch list. I love the price action. It needs a bit of work, but once it completes, I think you've got, to, you've got, a, you've got a trending market there, Blake. Well, we've had months of downtrend there. So, you know, getting a little recovery does make sense to me. All right, let's talk about the dollar. I know we already talked about the dollar quite a bit, almost to nauseam today, but this is really my play of the day because of what's happening tomorrow. The euro makes up over 50% of the dollar index. And as you can hear from Chris and myself, we're just hoping that the ECB comes through with a little bit more hawkish rhetoric, and that would put some downside pressure on the dollar index. But if you look at it technically, we hit 161% extension of the range that we were following from all of March through the beginning of April. You know, that whole month consolidation, we rallied, hit the 161% extension, turned on a dime, and we reversed. We have, 
you can see the divergent relative strength. You know, so we hit new highs. It wasn't as strong in relative strength. That's already a bearish setup. Then if you look at the candles, we have what we call dark cloud cover setting up. So a bearish candle tomorrow is going to set up for pro probably a move back, back down towards the 97 and a half, 97 range. And that's what I'm going to be looking for near term in the dollar index on this bearish reversal that we got today. Hopefully we can get more following the ECB tomorrow. But folks, yeah. uh, Chris, I want to say, you know, it's great having you here. I know it's it's better when you're at home. I hope you uh, <laughs> have a great time there, there on the range, wherever you may be. On the range. <laughs> on the range, being Crocodile Dundee in the flesh. I, I can't wait to see more pictures. Hopefully on next week, yeah. on next week's show, you can, uh, you can give us some more flavor. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to getting back and seeing my barista and, and getting the uh, getting all this uh, dust off me, mate. To be honest, but uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm a precious cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, folks, if you guys and gals have enjoyed today's episode, knowing that Chris is not even in front of his desk, but he wanted to be here with you today, make sure you give him a thumbs up. Make sure you give our whole team a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel so you don't miss these episodes. And I'll tell you. You know, this is a this is a fun show. I enjoy being part of it. And uh, make sure you're doing your research, your own due diligence. And uh, we'll see you next week on the trade-off.